There has to be some common sense. Yes, sir, they have the car stopped in Michael We still don't know who pulled the trigger. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. I'm your host, retired NYPD Sergeant Bill Cannon, retired from Manhattan North Homicide Squad, a 27-year veteran. And with me tonight, straight out of Brooklyn, retired NYPD Detective Phil Grimaldi. How are you doing tonight, Phil? I'm doing pretty good, Billy. How about you? I'm doing good. You know, this case has been uh, somewhat baffling and fascinating and uh, twists and turns and some mistakes and... I don't, you know, we want to examine why uh, a private organization like Adventures with a Purpose could come in and search an area and recover a vehicle that the police were unable to find and recover, uh, despite the fact that they searched the same exact area. Uh, two weeks after Kylie Rodney went missing from a party in Truckee uh, area campground, a private search uh, team found a car in a lake with a body inside it. In a Facebook live stream Monday, leaders of the Adventures with Purpose team gave the timeline of the discovery. At 10.40 a.m. Sunday, August 21st, they said they put two boats with sonar equipment in Presser Creek Reservoir. Barely half an hour later, at 11.15 a.m., the equipment detected a vehicle in the water about 55 feet offshore. A diver then found Kylie's Honda CRV upside down in 14 feet of water. A single body was inside. Once we confirmed it was indeed Kylie's vehicle, we immediately notified family and law enforcement. And dad and grandpa were on the scene within minutes, said Doug Bishop of Adventures with Purpose. As of Monday, no positive uh, identification has been announced. Uh, an autopsy is scheduled to be conducted today. Uh, and I believe that they did identify the body today as being Kylie uh, Rodney, either through DNA, either through fingerprints or odontology. Uh, I think the family has acknowledged that it is her. Um, video from a KCRA news helicopter showed the car being towed onto land Sunday evening at an area of the lake's shore about half a mile from the campground where the party had been. Kylie had last been seen around 12.30 a.m. on Saturday, August 6th, at that party, with Placer County Sheriff's investigators say was attended by two to 300 teenagers and young adults. At a press conference Monday, officials from the Placer County and Nevada County Sheriff's Departments expressed appreciation for the work by Adventures with Purpose, though they also emphasized that two weeks of work by many agencies had narrowed down the search area. The folks at Adventures with Purpose did a fantastic job being able to locate the vehicle as quickly as they did based on a lot of heavy lifting. The folks behind me, well, that they've done over 300 people were searching. Uh, what, the, what the captain uh, meant is that a lot of investigative work was conducted before Adventures with Purpose got on the scene. However, I'd like to make it very clear they did an unbelievable job. I mean, unbelievable. They are experts at what they do. And I, I will not, I'm not going to pound the police that they couldn't find this body 
uh, and they couldn't find this car after searching. And then Adventures with Purpose goes and searches the same exact area and finds it. They're better at it, obviously. They're more skilled at it, you know? And the police don't have to apologize for that. Had they not taken the help that Adventures with Purpose offered, then I think they would be more criticized. The captain, his name, I believe, is Captain Sam Brown, Sam Brown from yeah. uh, the Nevada County Sheriff's Office. Very humble guy, very competent guy. And he talked about, and we'll show some of his press conference, talked about how they freely and readily accepted the help of Adventures with Purpose. And a lot of the, the success, of course, is throwing your ego aside and accepting that help. And they did it. And as a result, uh, they found Kylie Rodney's car and ultimately Kylie Rodney's body inside that car. Closure for the family, not the end that any of us wanted. We, of course, wanted Kylie to be found and be alive, and we could move on from there. However, that wasn't to happen two weeks, and potentially she was under the water for two weeks. That'll be part of the investigation uh, to indeed uh, determine how long she was under the water. Phil? Well, first, I want to offer my condolences to the Rodney family. It's a terrible thing to lose a child, especially a 16-year-old young lady, a beautiful kid who was obviously thriving in life. And uh, whatever her fate was that caused this to happen, just want to offer condolences to the family. But I still feel there's a lot of unanswered questions. I do want to make one point, Billy. I want to say that that uh, Captain Sam Brown, he did take it on the chin, so to speak, because there was some missteps. Perhaps they didn't have the right uh, people that operating the sonar equipment. You made the point, Billy, when you're playing with something every day, I don't mean playing. I mean, when you're using a technology like sonar equipment every day, uh, maybe the people that are from adventures with purpose are divers and boaters. It's their recreational thing, but they very, very uh, used to the equipment there. Uh, you know, they're very skilled in the equipment use. So they were obviously the ones that found the body The perhaps the uh, initial searches uh, you know, you can just pass by it because it, you're, you're really searching in the dark, so to speak. They did say, however, I saw a report that the, the lake level did recede somewhat from the time that it was first searched to the time when the body was found, when the, when the vehicle was found. So there is some uh, possible, um, you know, maybe missteps, but I think you made the point, Billy, and that's probably a very good point. They were experts in the field of sonar and navigation, so they were able to recover the vehicle, which led to the recovery of the body, obviously. And I was very, very happy that uh, the spokesperson for the Nevada, Nevada County Sheriff's Office, Sam Brown, that he didn't try to make excuses or anything. He said, listen, these guys were better than us at it. They don't do that every day. Police departments do a lot of other things, and I think they handled it just right. Uh, short of some criticism, the family, uh, you know, they had to wait and, and pull the hair out of their heads, not knowing where she was for that period of time from when the first search was conducted till the when the body was found. But I think that, uh, you know, in a situation like that, you know, th th this is not a perfect science police work, and uh, they handled it properly, I think. Ron Daniels, thank you so much for the $50 super chat. I came on the, the, the chat and saw a half hour early, you're already in the chat and you had given us $50. Thank you so much. Very much appreciated. Some of you first time um, subscribers or first time watchers of Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories, what you will find out, some of you have sent from duty, Ron. Thank you so much. I appreciate all you guys coming here. We are from a police perspective. We have uh, experience in homicide investigation, missing person investigation, kidnappings, rapes, robberies, every possible investigation you can have. And we understand what the police are up against. 
And I would, I'll tell you right now, if Adventures with Purpose would have come to New York City uh, for a similar type case to search, they would have been turned away. That's just the way the NYPD is. They have a scuba unit who is very, very proud. They fancy themselves the best in the world. And they would probably turn away an organization like this, maybe uh, to their detriment. But you well, know, Billy, again, let we're going to get a quick point, Billy. We also have, I mean, the waterways here, we're not dealing with a reservoir like that or like we have the Coast Guard, the United States Coast Guard also has very, very high technology equipment and stuff. So we they would probably be turned away, like you said, Bill. I agree with that. But there's also the help from the Coast Guard. We have the fire department that has uh, boats that navigate in the waterways along, uh, you know, in, in the New York area. So there's plenty of help here is the point. And they probably have the same level of expertise as uh, Adventures with Purpose. So I just wanted to make that point. He requested. I'm not exactly sure that an agency had reached out and requested from within our unified command, but as everybody's reading online and seeing all the information that was coming out, uh, and we realized that there was an interest from Adventures with Purpose, uh, we did link up that group with Sergeant Mike Powers with the Placer County Sheriff's Office. They had uh, lots of communication uh, as they were going to be traveling to this area, and then a lot of detailed information that was shared that wasn't necessarily out to the public yet that hopefully. Uh, was of assistance to helping them uh, locate the area to go to. He said the car was found in the area where you've been searching since the beginning. Um, what did the AWP have that maybe you guys didn't have, or why was that missed in the initial search? Yeah, I think that's a great question. That's one that everybody's going to have, right, is, is how did we not find it when we were searching? Uh, the lake was extensively searched with side sonar, with an ROV. Uh, we had divers. We had swimmers. Um, I think that's part of what we're going to have to go back to, to do and, and debrief. You know, when peace officers are out in the field and volunteers and, and searchers, uh, it doesn't mean that they're experts in the field, right? These are sometimes ancillary duties and we're calling from other agencies to try to jump in and tracking underwater is an extremely difficult thing to do. So I think part of our debrief on any of these situations is, is how do we figure out uh, to improve our services, uh, work on our resources and the way that we use them. Uh, a lot of this equipment is high end, very expensive, and, and you really need to have a lot of uh, practice and expertise. And I think that's where a group like uh, Adventures with Purpose is able to focus and practice those skills and really hone them. And so we, we're, we're appreciative that they were able to come out and locate it. I also don't want to take away, though, from anything from our volunteers, uh, as well as law enforcement that have been out there. I mean, we literally had people swimming in the water looking down so that we didn't disturb the, the, the ground initially. Uh, you know, folks, I just want to make it clear that we are not here to beat up law enforcement. We are not here to say, oh, it took them two weeks and they didn't find anything and Adventures with Purpose came in and two days later they found it. We're not here to do that. We're here to highlight Adventures with Purpose and the success story they had in working with conjunction with the police and maybe look at, he spoke about the critique they would do after every major investigation and, and find out why. They weren't successful in their search. And that's part of the investigative process. My understanding is the vehicle was upside down. That also makes it more difficult. And if silt and things come up above, that can also make things difficult. So before I really can say, hey, why we didn't uh, weren't able to do it, I also could say that we eliminated a lot of areas that, that we would still be searching if we didn't have all the great people out there. And that helped give them some, some guidance as well, I think. But Clearly, their expertise in, in diving and their equipment that they brought to the table assisted us, and we appreciate that. Did they specifically have any specific technology that all of these 16 law enforcement agencies didn't have? 
I'll have to debrief with them before I'd have the answer to that question. I believe we're going to try to do that today. Adventures with a Purpose has referenced uh, red tape a couple times, saying they don't have the red tape that maybe your assisting agencies have. What is that red tape, and why might it be easier for a private organization to, to do this? Yeah, I don't know exactly what we're talking about in regards to red tape. Um, I think that from the very beginning, we never deterred anybody other than certain scenes that we closed off at times that became areas of interest and we wanted to protect for evidence. So I don't know that there was any red tape ever put on this. I mean, if you look at the amount of uh, man hours that went into it, it was like over 15,000. And I know it's even higher than that now. I don't think there was ever red tape. There were maps created for civilians to be out. Uh, the the boat ramp and the in the in the lake were never actually shut down because the way we were looking at it is more eyes out there, the better off we're going to be for for finding uh, Kylie. And that was continually the goal. So I'm not sure that there was ever red tape. I think it comes down to uh, lots of factors. And like I said, we're going to debrief and try to figure out how do we become better and, and do a, a better job at, at, you know, these types of operations. Why did agencies believe it was an abduction at first? Yeah, I think there was a lot of miscommunication. I don't know that it was ever labeled as an abduction. I think that you can never take that off the table. And so as we talked as a command group and, and unified command with all my partners that you see behind us, uh, you couldn't remove that off the table because we hadn't found her. And so you know, there was some of the struggles with some of the services that we wanted to obtain and, and things we wanted to do, but we couldn't say it wasn't an abduction, but we also never said that it was an abduction. I think that was clarified uh, fairly early on, um, but we also probably wouldn't have received all the services and all the people if that wasn't an option. If this was truly a search and rescue mission, we may not have had all the resources to conduct <clears> interviews. <throat> I think they identified over 400 juveniles and to be able to interview all those folks and, and provide uh, feedback off of all that, it takes an army of people. And I, I think we were lucky to be able to put that together between uh, my partners and, and agencies that are right behind me. Did, did any of the juveniles, anybody mention a car going over the side, a car in the water out of all those? I don't believe that that statement was made, not to my knowledge. Was there any indication that this was an accident or a foul play? That's still being investigated. If, if we'd like, we could turn it over for CHP, can give some information. So folks, a lot of questions still remain. Uh, so I've even seen some of the questions in the chat. Cause of death, do we know cause of death? We At this point, uh, no, we do not. The, I don't think the autopsy results, uh, I believe the medical examiner knows the cause of death. However, they chose not to release it today. One of the questions that everyone's asking and it's unknown has not been released, did they recover the cell phone? And that's uh, pretty important, you know, and as far as I know, that hasn't been released. I, that doesn't mean they didn't recover it. Uh, there's a lot, you know, people think that, okay, we recovered the car, we recovered the body, the investigation's over. No, that's not true. It's almost just starting. There are so many questions. One of the big questions that can come from interview and interrogation is we, we need to talk to anyone and anyone uh, everyone and anyone who may have seen her get into that car and drive away. Because we don't know, uh, did she leave that night when the end, the phone stopped pinging? Has that, was that the time that she went into the lake? We don't know that. So there are a ton of questions. And I said yesterday when I covered this case, the recovery of the Honda, 2013 Honda CRV has to be done very carefully. That is a crime scene. You know, the area around the Honda CRV underneath the water is a crime scene. 
that is why a police department diver should have gone down there and, and checked everything out. The car will be removed to a, a location, of course, on land where it'll be forensically gone through with a fine tooth comb. I, I believe the FBI volunteered to do the forensic recovery of the vehicle. But there's a lot of work to do right now. And there's a lot of questions that not only do I have, but the public has, and I'm sure the most important that her family has. You know, Billy, there's going to be, uh, there's four different manners of death. There's homicide, suicide, natural, and accidental. I think uh, natural is obviously off the table. Could it be a homicide? Yes, it could. Could it be an accident? Yes, it could. Could it be a suicide? Yes. I think those three are still on the table. Now, you brought out a very good point, Billy, that the manner of uh, the uh, medical examination, the autopsy results, that's going to be extremely important. Now, they may find water in her lungs that she succumbed to uh, you know, drowning, but I think the toxicology is going to give us a very, very important look into was there alcohol in her system? Was there drugs in her system? You know, the, the different phases of decomposition could uh, alter those uh, general uh, tests that they do for, uh, you know, toxicology results. But there's still a lot of unanswered questions. Now, they say, to, the, from what I read, that the phone stopped pinging at 1233 a.m. on Friday night going into Saturday morning, which was the 6th of August. Uh, and, you know, uh, one of the people in chat said, well, perhaps the car wasn't there when they first searched it and the car was placed there after that first search took place. I think that's kind of highly unlikely. I doubt that. that, that Phil, that's far-fetched as all yeah, hell. That's exactly. Pretty- it's a conspiracy theory. And I think that it was yeah. probably a hotbed of law enforcement, that area, since it was, uh, you know, on the target to be searched and stuff like that. So, and then again, we lose contact with the phone at around that time. So now could she have fallen asleep because it was, it was 700 feet from the uh, dirt road that leads to that area to the body of water. So could she have fallen asleep and just drove in and then uh, the vehicle went upside down and she panicked? Yes, that's possible. Could it have been uh, she was intoxicated or on drugs? Yes. Or could it have been a suicide? We don't know. I, I don't, I'm not leaning towards that. Obviously it doesn't sound like she had a, uh, you know, bouts with depression or anything like that. So, but all of those three things I think are still on the table, probably less likely the homicide more likely the accidental or the suicide seems to be the cause in my mind. But the the family is entitled to the answers to these questions and the investigation is going to reveal these answers. I have a full faith in that. When they talked about uh, all the investigators, they identified 400 teens that they're going to talk to every one of those teens. So all of that is being done. And I am very, very confident the family will get those answers. And they do deserve those answers. Look, folks, in the chat, uh, the interviewing of juveniles is very, very difficult. Because first of all, they don't have to speak to you. Their parents can say, no, he's not speaking to you. He, she's not speaking to you. Uh, they're they're um, underage. And I'm, I'm their parent, their legal guardian. They're not speaking to you. The other thing is when they do speak to the police, if they do, they have to be accompanied by a parent or a legal guardian. Do you think that affects what they're going to say? Absolutely. They're being coached by their parents. So it's not a good thing to have the parents there, but yet by law, they have it's to have the wife. parents there during the interview. I want to show this. This is the scene. Uh, there's no sound to this, but you get a, an idea of what the scene looked like. And there's even a, a picture, uh, which I, I find pretty amazing, of, of exactly, let me see, where the car was, was, where that red 
um, where that red buoy is. Yeah. Uh, you I can actually, the, the divers are going down, and you can actually see the car and right there. And I mean, was that always visible from above? Was that always visible, say, with a drone or with a helicopter? Uh, it was missed. Clearly, it was missed. And again, uh, Adventures with Purpose went in the water, and within 45 minutes, their sonar got a hit, and they found a, you know, a piece of steel, which that was all that registered at the time. But upon further investigation, it was determined to be uh, Kylie Rodney's 2013 Honda CRV with the exact, of course, license plate that was that was on the car. So amazing work. Uh, and again, I'm not here to beat down the police. They missed it. They're not as good at this as Adventures with Purpose. They missed it. Are we going to uh, torture them for that? Are we going to eviscerate them for that? Are we going to, uh, you know, beat them down over that? No. They, police departments aren't as good at certain things as some private agencies. And again, Adventures with Purpose, uh, EquiSearch, they're better at searching for things. They do it every single day. They have specialized equipment that perhaps police departments don't. Billy, you know, during that press conference with uh, Captain Sam Brown, he made the point of talking about how, and you and I discussed this off the air with one of the shows we did last week, how we felt that when a, car, a vehicle goes into the water, if the windows are open or if it fills up quickly, it will usually turn upside down. The weight of the engine will pull the vehicle forward, and a lot of times it winds up on the roof at the bottom of the body of water. He talked about the silt. Now, I had a homicide back when I worked in the Coney Island precinct uh, there was the ocean side and the bay side. Now the perpetrators revealed to us that they had taken the knife. It was a, a knife homicide and thrown it into the bay side. Now we called Harbor. We had them respond, our Harbor unit to put divers in the water to try and recover the murder weapon. However, the boss that was on the scene at the time said, I'm not putting my people in the water because the silt is so thick. It was thick. It was almost like a Creek. It wasn't really like a bay. It was more of a Creek and there was a lot of debris and stuff. If I put one of my divers into the water, he's only going to be able to use his hands. He won't be able to see anything because the silt is so thick at the bottom. And he said, he'll only be feeling with his hands. God forbid he gets caught on something. So we never recovered that weapon because the safety of the divers was what was uh, put forth. And, and, you know, obviously uh, that was the call that was made at the time. So a lot of these uh, uh, diving, uh, you know, excursions where police departments have to go into the water, they're not that easy. The point I'm trying to make, they're not that easy. He talked about the silt. The vehicle is on upside down, which makes it a little bit more difficult. However, with the sonar, it located metal. And I guess they were able to zero out that the location and, and get to the vehicle. Diggity dog, doggity do. <laughs> that's a rough <laughs> that's that, name. That, that's a rough name. Adventures with Purpose said red tape in referencing the ability for municipalities to provide police with specialized equipment like very expensive sonar that would be used only limited basis by those police. Yes, absolutely. These are the type of toys that you would expect the FBI to have because they have federal money. They have big money given to them by the federal government. Uh, and here we are, Adventures with Purpose, a private entity, and again, that does this all the time, dives all the time, uses the sonar equipment all the time. They're much better at it than the police. Can't we understand that? Can we understand that and not beat down the police that they went over this very area? And guess what? 
Adventures with Purpose, when they were told by the police, this area of, uh, uh, of the reservoir is cleared. Adventures with Purpose said, well, we're going to go over it again anyway. And lo and behold, they find the vehicle because this has occurred before. They've had areas cleared by the police before, and they found the vehicle in question, the deceased in question. So, you know, Billy, just having the equipment and not really being proficient in it or knowing how to use it doesn't mean that, you know, you're going to say that the area is cleared. I think that's what they were getting at. Even though the area was cleared, they're more experts in the uh, use of sonar equipment. They use it on a daily basis. They're more proficient. So they decided to research that area, and lo and behold, they found the vehicle. I'm just going to pull a, a fast forward. This, as you can see, they're pulling the vehicle closer to the shore, uh, and at some point they will get the they'll get the vehicle. You could see the vehicle being pulled toward the shore, uh, and I would imagine they must have flipped the vehicle right side while it was in the water. Probably much easier to do than to get it onto land. Um, apparently, one of the windows was broken. I'm hearing that now. There we go. There's there's the vehicle. They're covering it up, obviously, with uh, with a top so you can't uh, see inside. Guys, one of the things you have to realize, this is a crime scene. So the police have to be on the scene. They have to be on the scene both to recover the car and to recover the body. I'm sure there's someone there from the medical examiner's office. And then the car will be removed. Chain of custody. The police need to recover the chain of custody. They take the vehicle to a designated location where it'll be uh, gone through forensically and the search of the vehicle will occur. Because again, this case has so many conspiracy theories. You know, for, when we heard first on in this case, she was kidnapped. I was like, where the hell did that come from? And it seemed like it was just a rumor that went out there. And, you know, rumors could take on a life of their own and redirect an investigation. And there was no evidence that she was kidnapped whatsoever. But that, as I said, could redirect an investigation. And even for all the professional law enforcement agencies that were on the scene, one person goes with, oh, we're going with the direction that she was kidnapped. Guess what? That wasn't even close. It didn't happen. Abduction is something that, you know, if you want to put that on the table, it's four o'clock in the morning, someone's walking alone on a dark street and they disappear. Yeah, then I think you, you, you'd be in a safe area to say, you know, we're looking at a possible abduction. But there was like, 300 kids there. And, and you would think with all that's going on, if someone was abducted, it would be noticed. And I think that's really, uh, you know, what they probably tried to focus in on right away to see if there were any witnesses to that. Someone might have asked the question, is it possible? Yeah, it was. And then maybe the, the reporters ran with it. But uh, again, uh, like you said, Billy, uh, it really wasn't part of uh, what we're looking at here. This is going to wind up being either, like I said, uh, intentionally driving into the water or accidentally. And, uh, you know, with the broken window, I don't know if that happened before or after they recovered a vehicle. Maybe she did try to get out of that vehicle. And again, the two things that I think that are going to have to match up is the crime scene of the, the uh, investigation and the examination of the vehicle as opposed to the autopsy. Whatever occurred on her body that they find is going to match up with what they find inside the vehicle. And I think that's going to be able to give uh, the investigators in this case, they're going to be able to narrow down exactly what happened. You know, it's uh, th this case, you know, two weeks go by and they recover the vehicle. It's closure for the family, but it was not any stretch or form 
the ending that we wanted or anyone that was following this case wanted. Uh, it's, it's a horror show. And we, you know, everyone was, of course, hoping that she would be recovered alive somewhere. You know, maybe she ran away from home. Some explanation. But, you know, we know that, uh, you know, the, the, the family uh, is devastated. Just, just totally devastated. We have some pictures of the, of the mom here. And uh, just the strain and the pain in her face. Uh, you can't even describe it. 16 years old. She graduated high school early. She was all ready to go to college. And uh, just, you know, just a horror show. Just a total, total horror show. Um, That's absolutely heart-wrenching to look at that picture of that young lady and know that, you know, she met the fate that she met. So, again, we've gone through this before in other cases. You become attached to the person by looking at their picture, and we're pulling for them, and we're hoping for them, and we want them to be found alive. And, uh, unfortunately, in, in this case, it uh, it wasn't to be. So, uh, yeah, it, it, I can't even imagine whether you're a parent or not, uh, no one should, you know, lose a child, and, and you just can really – uh, you can really feel for this this family and and, and for this young lady. Absolutely. Uh, still got you, Billy. I think we lost Bill. Oh boy. Well, I guess I'm back on. Let's see if we get Bill back. A little technical. Bill, you have no volume, Bill. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah, I had a little technical difficulty where the, the screen froze for a second, but uh, okay. I kept my cool. And we're back. All right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I wanted to show this was prior to the uh, the the body being recovered, and and uh, Adventures with Purpose were discussing how they operate. And um, you know, right now, everyone on Earth wants to interview these guys. Fox 40's Rowena Shaddock joining us live from Nevada County with what they're sharing about that experience. Ro. Well, Nikki and Eric, these are a bunch of humble and hardworking guys. We had the privilege of going out with them on Saturday as they search Donner Lake and surrounding ponds looking for Kylie. They say what sets them apart from other dive teams is their ability to read sonar. It's something that is not taught in police academies, and they are self-taught. They do this day in and day out. It's enabled them to help more than two dozen families get answers about their loved ones just in the two years that they've been doing this. This could potentially be what we're looking for. Diver Nick Wren recounts the moment yesterday when he found what's believed to be the silver CRV of 16-year-old Kylie Rodney and remains inside also believed to be her. The recent Truckee High School graduate went missing after attending a party at the Prosser campgrounds on August 6th. 
Based in Oregon, the Adventures with Purpose search and recovery team scoured Prosser Lake on Sunday, putting these two small and narrow boats equipped with sonar in the water. After just about 35 minutes in the water, Nick made that fateful discovery. It's an emotional moment for sure, um, especially, you know, when I first dropped down, the first thing I saw was the vehicle upside down and I was already located towards the rear of the vehicle. And so I looked at the license plate could tell right away this was the vehicle that we were looking for. So the next step at that point in my mind is you have to mentally prepare yourself as you're doing the vehicle assessment to, um, you know, for what you may see. And so um, at that point, you just have to kind of block that out and just say, hey, there's a task at hand that I have to do and I need to do it. Nick was able to identify it was her vehicle and that there were human remains within the vehicle. From there, they notified the family and law enforcement. We notified family and, and dad and grandpa were there less than two minutes. It was tough. It was a very, very tough, very tough moment. You know, I myself have a 16 year old and he is, uh, he, he knows his 16 year old daughter is not coming home. We went along with the Adventures with Purpose on Saturday as they searched Donner Lake and surrounding areas for Kylie. Multiple dive teams have searched Prosser Reservoir unsuccessfully for days. We're really good at what we do. Yeah. It's really rare. Uh, there aren't many that have the skill set that we do. And I knew for a fact, if, if she was indeed underwater, we would find her 100%. To date, they've solved 24 cases since 2019. The team operates on a shoestring budget, able to search across the country at the request of dozens of families looking for missing loved ones. It's unclear who, if anyone, will receive the $75,000 reward, which was offered for information to help find Kylie. We're not reward hunters. We're not in this to, we're volunteers. Uh, you know, if, if a ward is given to us, we will honor it, but we are in no way going to per, pursue it. We don't want to be perceived that way, nor will we ever, you know, um, could it be used? Absolutely. Um, you know, what we do, it, we do it on a shoestring budget, you know, uh, something like that could help us help a lot of families. Now, if you could believe these guys do it all for free, there is no charge to families, no charge to law enforcement. They simply ask that you follow them on their YouTube channel and subscribe. It is free and they have millions of followers. Now, they will take the next couple of days off to decompress before they start their next two cases that will bring them to Selma and San Luis Obispo. Reporting live from downtown Truckee tonight, Rowena Shaddix, Fox 4. You know, amazing. All you could say about those guys, they are the heroes, man. They are total heroes. You know, when he uh, got all emotional uh, and talked about his, um, that's Doug Bishop, talked about his 16-year-old son. I had a similar incident like that one time. I had a murder of a 16-year-old, excuse me, of a 13-year-old. And my son was 13 at the time, and I took it really bad. Uh, it's, you know, you bring some of this stuff home with you, uh, it's, it's not, it's not an easy, um, thing to deal with. And, uh, these guys, I mean, again, our purpose today is not to beat up law enforcement. It's to, um, it's to praise, it's to praise these guys adventures with purpose and just the work that they do. And, you know, while we're here, let's talk about, um, EquiSearch. That does very similar type work, except on the land. They do do some water searches also. But these guys are the kings of the water searches. 
just totally unbelievable. Folks, this is Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories. If you're not subscribed to us, please go on our YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Ring the bell. Give us a thumbs up. I'm seeing a lot of you folks. I know you're from Duty Ron's channel. Thank you so much. Thank you, Duty Ron, for sending you guys here. Uh, we try to give our uh, work from a police perspective. Uh, and, you know, it, it, we, don't, we don't deal with the noise and the drama. There's been a lot of drama with this case, you know, people inventing stuff, people, not just witnesses, but other YouTube content creators. People just make stuff up, and that pisses me off, you know, because why are they making stuff up? This is sensational enough. This is re the real stuff. This is a real investigation. This is a real person that was missing, a two-week 16-year-old girl. That on its face is enough. You don't have, need to make stuff up and do for, for what ifs, what ifs in order to get channel clicks, you know? So it's just, um, again, we try to give it to you the way we would investigate it if we were still in the police department. Yeah, we're, we're very fact-based and we don't like to sugarcoat things. We like to talk in very simple terms and try to explain it to our viewers in a way that they'll understand in, in layman's terms, so to speak. And we're not coming from uh, a place, uh, you know, we're coming from a place of experience. Uh, between the two of us, there's almost 50 years of experience in law enforcement. Most of my career was spent in the detective bureau. Same thing with Bill. And uh, so we just try to, you know, uh, give a good direction on where we think the case is going. We don't have uh, knowledge of the actual case folder on a lot of these cases that we dissect, but we do have the experience. And Bill and I were pretty much reserved to the fact that we felt she was in a body of water last week uh, when we profiled this case. So uh, based on the fact that the phone stopped pinging in and around the area of the lake. So we kind of felt that that's what, you know, there was other things that led us to that. The fact that the people at the party were saying that she was intoxicated or whatever. So, and you know, when a person kind of falls off the grid, falls off the radar screen, the cell phone is not uh, pinging. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's very unusual. So uh, we felt that that's what the outcome was going to be. And sure enough, the, that's what the outcome was. Lady Catherine Perry, I would like to use the word illuminate, Bill. You illuminate the police the police perspective Very so nice. that we can better grasp and understand how things work. Thank you both. Thank you, Lady Very Catherine nice Perry. Thank Very you. Very nice. Uh, Richella Pranzo, one of our biggest fans. Hey, everyone, Love please Richella. take a second to hit the thumbs up. Get it to a number of us watching. That would be great. Helps to get police off the cuff out and to all the media outlets. Thanks, Richella. Thank you so Richella much. Richella and Pete Pranzo, two of our biggest supporters, our biggest fans, our biggest subscribers, whatever you want to say. You know, folks, I wanted to say also about uh, the response. What is the investigative response? The investigative response, when you think, what do investigators do when they're notified of a case like this, a missing person? And number one thing, of course, is taking the call and interviewing that 911 caller or however you receive this job. And then, of course, response to the scene. Did they respond to the scene that night or did they respond the next morning? I would probably venture to say it was the next morning because they wanted to see this in light. Now, you know, interview complainant. The complainant on this, of course, was the mother. The mother had the story to tell about she uh, texted me at 1230 hours and uh she doesn't do this. She has a Honda C. All that information is all very important investigative information. And that's how the foundation of the investigation is built. 
uh, getting all the information, getting the vehicle information. Then you spread that out to include her friends. We had some uh, information that night. Her friend Sammy said, oh, she wouldn't get in the car with her because she was too intoxicated. That was important information. I think it pissed a few of us off, too, that Sammy, why did you not help her and prevent her from driving herself? Or if you were sober, drive her car home with her. So all of these things are, and then, of course, interview witnesses, multiple, multiple, multiple witnesses. And that takes hours, days, and weeks to do that. And they're still in the process of doing that. Victimology. We want to study the background of Kylie. What is she about? Does she drink? Obviously, we know she drinks, according to her friends, because she was reported to be intoxicated. Does she use drugs? All of those things are important. Does she have a boyfriend? Right? Does she have multiple boyfriends? What does she like to do? Is she happy at home? All of these things are part of the victimology and all becomes part of the investigation. Phil, you want to add to this? Yes, I do. Uh, the victimology point, I want to uh, add to that. You know, her social media might paint a better picture of what was going on in her life socially. Again, you brought up the boyfriend. He was interviewed. Uh, the point I'm trying to make is uh, if they pull her cell phone records, what text messages took place? Now, we know that the, the mom had a text message with her around 1230 that night, and she said she was going to be leave, leaving soon from the party. However, the friend had left a couple hours before and said that she didn't want to drive with her because she thought she was too intoxicated to drive. She found another way home. So all of those things are very important components to this whole investigation. And again, uh, you know, when they do the interviews, they might have been met with some reluctance to come forward by these teens because of narcotic use, because of alcohol use. They were all under age. And again, there was some uh, talk about there were older kids at the party. So, again, uh, there was a lot of things, a lot of obstacles they had to get over. We stress the point now, Bill and I both said this numerous times, that if it was my investigation, I would definitely put the word out. I'm not here to uh, investigate other than anything other than the disappearance of Kylie. I don't care about narcotic use. I'm not here about underage drinking. I'm trying to find out and locate what happened to Kylie. So I think they had to get over that obstacle as well. And the investigators, uh, sounds like they did a, a bang up job, 400 uh, kids identified and probably ide uh, interviewed. So there was a lot of work going and there's still a lot of work going forward. Once we get the results of the autopsy toxicology and the results of the inside of that vehicle, I would love to know what the, uh, you know, the condition of that vehicle was on the inside. Tonight, the night owl, I was a kid once, and I know kids will party. What I asked of my kids was, call me. I won't say a word. Either stay where you are, or I will come get you, and anyone else who needs a ride. Amen. 100%. Amen. I told my kids the 100%. same thing. If you're going to drink, leave your car at home. If you're going to drink, you have permission. You're drunk, you call me. I'll pick you up. You know, Do not get in a car with another drunk kid. Do not drive yourself drunk. And I hope I ram that into the, their heads enough. And we, a lot of, in the chat, a lot of parents out there, uh, and we all told our kids that. Um, and and it's, it's a very important thing to, to tell our kids, you know, just, just crazy. Uh, Let me add one thing to that, Bill. Another thing is very, very important that I have three daughters. Uh, one's a teenager, two are in their 20s. Don't leave your friends and don't let your friends leave you. You're always better off with someone else. 
don't ever go off on your own or don't allow a friend, if you care about them, to go off alone. That's very, very important uh, in, in the world of parenting, I guess you can call it. Tiffany Burr, I, I mean, I guess this is your theory. She was parked there with foot on brake, car still in drive, and passed out or knocked and foot came off brake. Uh, if spots slightly down. Now, Tiffany, that could that have happened? Yes, it could have happened. Do we have any evidence that that happened? We don't right now. Uh, well, we'll have evidence from the autopsy if she was hit in the head. Uh, you know, there's there's post-mortem wounds, you know, if the body was banging around inside the car, and then there's, you know, uh, pre-mortem wounds that if, if she gets hit in the head, there'll be contusions and stuff like that. So the autopsy would reveal that. So again, like you said, Bill, anything's possible, but uh, is the evidence there to support it? DJ Moore, I'm normally, I'm pretty critical about how police do things. But when it comes to water searches here in the West, there are far and few between. Searches are only as good as the training, in my opinion. DJ Moore, 100%. I don't know many police departments that could do a job like Adventures with Purpose uh, did. I don't know. I don't. Need, I don't. I know that NYPD has an amazing scuba unit because I've worked with them. They've uh, they've dove for guns. They've uh, dove for cars underneath the water. All of that stuff, and in conditions that are much worse than this reservoir because they dive in water that has tremendous, tremendous current. But I'm not going to compare them, but I just know that most police departments don't train to do this and they don't have these skills. So adventures with purpose, I mean, why not use them? Why not use them? Of course. And I really want to tip my hat to this adventures with purpose. It's uh, you brought up Dave Rader and uh, Mid Midwest EquiSearch and, and EquiSearch in general, Texas EquiSearch. These are people that volunteer and they're very, very professional. And uh, again, I'm so glad that we uh, found these, this adventures with purpose. They seem to be very, very professional, obviously experts in the, in the uh, art of navigating underwater searches. So uh, again, a, a hat tip to them and, and thank God that they were able to, come and help in the search and, uh, you know, locate this victim. Uh, Kraft, he escaped. She was in the backseat of her car because she wasn't wearing a seatbelt. They almost always end up there when that happens. That's that's very possible. The fact that the car... Um, when the car flips, that's probably... It's a possibility she could have slid yeah. out of the seatbelt also. Look, I am no expert in underwater anything, you know, so I won't pretend to know... And there probably are experts that could tell you, you know, uh, she slipped out of the seatbelt or she wasn't wearing a seatbelt like you just told us. Uh, I don't know. That's why there will be a forensic examination of the vehicle by the FBI and by the investigators. Uh, Belinda Thrasher, you all seriously think this intelligent girl was drinking when she was a designated driver? That girl was murdered. Belinda... I, there's no evidence of that. You know, one of her friends, her friend Sammy, said she was drunk. I mean, that's good enough. And there's going to be a toxicology. But part of an autopsy, part B of that is a toxicological test where they will do multiple, multiple tests on her body fluids. And they'll well, determine- Let me just comment on what Belinda said there, too. I'm sure the interviews that the investigators are doing uh, if it's just one person saying, yeah, she was drunk, I, I think there's going to be more than that. It, you know, the, the girl came forward right away and said she left the party early because she was drunk. I'm sure they talked to other people. She wasn't by herself. 
uh, Kylie at this party. She had to interact with other people and they will find those people and they will figure out what exactly transpired. And again, like Bill just said, there's going to be the toxicology report and the amount of alcohol in a person's blood system uh, can, can tell uh, you know, what they were capable of doing, you know, that you can put a number on it and say, at this point, this person probably wasn't even capable to stand up straight, different things like that. And there could also be a narcotic found in a toxicology report. So we're going to find that out down the line. I'm sure usually uh, toxicology takes four to six weeks in my experience. It's been that way for many years. And they even said that in this case, that they were going to probably going to take four to six weeks to get the toxicology. You know, I think duty Ron is going to have the wonderful and the magnificent Barbara butcher. Oh, come yeah. on. Oh yeah. Who is the former chief of staff of the New York city office of the chief medical examiner. One of the top medical legal investigators in the nation. And I believe she's going to come on here. I'm pumping up duty Ron show. Uh, I believe she's going to go on duty run show and uh, with Ed Wallace and they're going to do a, their own forensic examination of this. And if Barbara butcher, you could take it as gospel. If she says it, uh, she's brilliant. She's a real smart woman. Let me just play a little bit of this here. I'll be watching that show, Bill. It is far from being closed. There are still so many unanswered questions. Like why was this girl and this car found upside down in 14 feet of water, just a hundred yards or so from a raging party. How is it possible that no one found her before now? And maybe most troubling, why did almost every one of the hundreds and hundreds of party goers go silent, unwilling to help find her? I'm joined now by Doug Bishop and Nick Wren, two of the divers who found that vehicle and that body. They are from Adventures with Purpose, a search and recovery dive team dedicated to helping families of, of missing people. Nick and Doug, thanks so much for, for being here. I can't imagine the, the discovery that you made this weekend, but can you describe for me um, what it was like when you actually did come upon that vehicle in your view underwater? Uh, sure. So uh, after we put our boats in the water, we had two separate boats to cover more waterway quickly. Um, Doug went one direction, I went the other. Uh, we were just doing our normal search patterns following the entire lake shoreline. Since this particular lake has a lot of areas that a vehicle can drive right to the water's edge. So after about approximately 35 minutes on the water, I uh, spotted something on my sonar that um, obviously looked out of place. It was uh, causing a big shadow and so I turned around and rescanned it from several different angles and it looked very peculiar to me so at that point i called doug told him hey you better get over here and let's put another set of eyes on this see what we see and see if you can figure out what it is so doug came over and he as well scanned it multiple directions for maybe 15 or 20 minutes after that we both agreed that it did look like a vehicle on sonar so we um, pulled a magnet out and a buoy dropped it in and sure enough it stuck to it just like a, a vehicle does it that it was made with metal and at that moment we basically both realized that yeah this is for sure a, a vehicle so there was a lot of anticipation thank you for watching just amazing i mean every time i see those guys you know those are true heroes what do they say true heroes don't wear capes well these guys certainly don't but they did an amazing amazing job and how could any police department that had these guys help them and got a positive conclusion uh, to their case 
find fault with them, you know? And again, as I said very early, right at the beginning of this broadcast, that we're not here to beat up the police, but we want, we also, most police departments after a major investigation will do a critique on their own work. What did we do right? What did we do wrong? Where did we, did we err? Yeah, I, I would say there were some errors here, right? If you searched an area and a vehicle was 14 feet underneath and, you know, at least the car's got to be at least six or seven feet high. So it's like eight feet from the surface. How did you miss that? How, you know, and then I think that maybe you have to interview the divers and interview the people that had searched and interview the helicopter uh, pilot, the drone operators. How was that possible? But, and not in a, a punitive way, like you're looking to take someone's job. Just did you search this? And what, what were the results? What happened? You know, Billy, uh, I read and I wrote this down. Uh, there was 20,000 man hours of search and, and I guess investigation and interview. There were 1,800 tips and they mentioned 400 kids that were identified and interviewed. So a lot of manpower and a lot of work did go into this investigation. Again, uh, when they did the search, perhaps maybe it wasn't sunny out that day, the visual search part of it, uh, and it, the, the vehicle wasn't visible. The water could have been deeper uh, when they did do that search. And uh, again, the sonar equipment, perhaps the sonar equipment that they had wasn't as good as the ones that uh, Adventures with Purpose used. Or uh, like we said earlier, they weren't as skilled in it. But uh, we're just glad that the Adventures with Purpose was able to come and, uh, and, and make the recovery on this case. Look, 100 uh, percent that they, they were able to uh, find her because... Look, even though she's not alive, it's closure for the family. Imagine the family hanging on for days and weeks, wondering what the hell happened. At least now they have some some type of closure to it. Bill, let's go to a quick commercial here. Sure. Joe Murray, attorney at law. Have you found yourself in a jam? Are you in need of legal counsel in the New York area? Do you need a victim's advocate? Well, Joe Murray is your man. He's not only an experienced trial attorney, he's also a retired 15-year member of the NYPD. He literally knows both sides of the fence. His website is jmurray-law.com. His telephone number is 646-838-1702. Or you can email Joe at joe at jmurray-law.com. And if you would like to advertise on Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories, just send us an email at policeoffthecuff number one at gmail.com. That's policeoffthecuff number one at gmail.com. Our rates are very reasonable and it might be the right thing for your business. We have a national as well as an international audience. Amazing. Amazing. You know, uh, the more I see these guys, this was the, you know, uh, Adventures with Purpose put out this little press piece uh, the other day. I just want to play a little bit of this. And it is an honor to help agencies and families all across the nation. We will be working together with authorities here to share this knowledge over the next couple of days. It is always our mission to promote and share the techniques we utilize so that our purpose can help as many people as possible. We'd like to thank all of our supporters. We can't thank all of you enough for your donations and putting us in this position as we continue to grow and help more families. Simply watching our episodes, liking, sharing, subscribing, and following our social media platforms enables us to do what we do. So thank you all for putting us in this position. Please, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. It helps us help families, and it's free. It's free to subscribe. 
Additionally, we would like to acknowledge the incredible support from law enforcement agencies across the US, including the FBI. We hope to continue our efforts hand in hand with them with the upcoming cases of Jalissa Fuentes in Selma, California, and also Annette Adams in San Obispo, California, coming up later this week. At this time, I'd like to thank our entire team for making this happen. It's not just me, it's not just Nick. There's an entire team of us that are out here. We collectively go through these cases, these investigations, and it takes a team to do so. I'd like to bring you guys on camera at the moment and thank the entire team that made this entire trip possible. Carson, Cade, Kevin, Josh Cantu, Devin. This is our entire team. Like I said, it's not me, it's not Nick. You know, it, it, it takes an entire village, including you guys that put us in this position to do this. And it's an honor because without your support, we would not be able to do what we do. So thank you guys. Thank you guys as a team. We appreciate all your hard work on the road. It's not easy. You know, we travel across the entire nation day after day, state after state, city after city, helping family after family and agency after agency. And it, it, it's, a, it's a lot of hard work when we're out here and we're trying to do something that hasn't been done before. And thankfully, we're in the position to do so because of you guys and all of you at home. Thanks, guys. Pretty amazing, you know, pretty amazing. Uh, you know, one of the things that I would uh, want to maybe suggest is that I wonder if they could train police departments how to do this, you know. Uh, train. I know diving is uh, is a huge thing. It's not just something one day you say, oh, I'm going to be a diver. You know, it's uh, it, it takes a lot of talent, takes a lot of dedication. You have to be devoted to it. You have to want to do it. It's 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 something, I guess, a labor of love, you know. Billy, when you talked about, uh, you know, post-investigation critique that you want to sit down and maybe go over some things. And like you said, maybe there was something we could have did different or something we didn't do that we should have did. And I think in this case, perhaps police departments across the United States might want to enlist sonar technology experts to teach their offices so that if they wind up in a situation like this, that uh, a situation where a, a vehicle or something, even it could be a piece of evidence, a gun, a knife is in a body of water, that you have the technology at hand and you have the expertise at hand that you can enlist this and, you know, come to a quicker conclusion than, you know, it took obviously longer in this case than it should have. But uh, so I think that that might be one of the things, one of the positives that come out of a bad situation. That might be the positive that's going to come out of this horrific, horrific situation where this young lady lost her life. Absolutely. Jay Johnson, there was a $50,000 award. Do you think they will get it? It's actually a $75,000 award. I think $50,000 put up by the family and $25,000 put up by an anonymous donor. And they have already said they will not accept those uh, rewards. The way that they are compensated is they have millions of followers on YouTube. Go on YouTube, subscribe to them. That's how they get paid. I'm, I'm subscribing and I'm going to make a donation. If I think on their Facebook page, there might be a way to make a donation. And perhaps the person that put up the uh, the, the reward, even though they're not going to accept the reward, which I get, maybe that person will want to, and perhaps the family donate some money to them because obviously they do have costs. If they have to travel around, they have their equipment. So I think it's a world, a worthwhile, worthy, uh, cause, uh, a charity that, uh, it, the money will definitely go to good use. 
100%. Katana Rose Angel. I live here in uh, Truckee Local, and I was there across the lake watching Adventures with Purpose find her in only 35 minutes to local law enforcement. Pulling a car out eight hours later. Thank you. Adventures with Purpose, you guys are angels. That's uh, absolutely. I mean, you, you, we can't, you know, you can't even say enough about them. It's just, uh, it's just unbelievable. PJK, Bill, they offer training at each location they go. That's fantastic. But I think this type of training isn't the training you can just take for an hour. It's the yeah, type of training. A little more intensive than that, I would right. say. Right. You need it to be ongoing and you need to take it, you know, just anyone that's a scuba diver, it, it's a difficult thing. Nay, nay. The water level is shown was down by uh, AWP only does water searches. They do a great job on all their searches because they have top-notch equipment. Their videos are great, knowledgeable, and interesting. So Event Adventures with Purpose, guys, has a website. And on YouTube, they have millions of sub subscribers. Uh, I think that uh, you guys should all subscribe. I'm certainly going to, too. Uh, Double Rainbows, I share your same questions, Bill and Phil. Uh, Cat H, watch drone footage. You cannot see it until they flipped it over. Okay, you know, fair enough. But Sonar was spotted very quickly. Did they have a better Sonar equipment than the police? Perhaps. Perhaps. perhaps they found it. Uh, Fonda Milanes, practice makes perfect. You know something? Thank you for bringing that up. Police departments, the ones that are the best at what they do, they get lots of practice at it. Hmm. You know, you don't become great or good at becoming a homicide investigator unless you investigate a lot of homicides. That's right. So some of the, the, the cities where the best homicide investigators are, Chicago, Baltimore, New York City, Miami, the places that are getting tons of homicides, you get good at it by doing it a lot. And, you know, New York City, you, you can see the sign behind Phil's head, NYPD detectives, the greatest in the world. Uh, is that a boast or is that the truth? I know there's great detectives in all the major cities. New York City happens to have great detectives, ha happens to have it because, A, they get a lot of practice. B, the training is fantastic. What other job, though, are you on the job training? Well, they say, yeah, we're going to teach you how to do this, you know, police work. You know. you know, Billy, that also, not only for investigators, crime scene investigation, those guys that we have in the NYPD, they do a lot of crime scene investigation because there's a lot of crimes taking place and they get better and better at it every time they do it. This is probably what happened with this sonar equipment. These guys are experts. They use it on a daily basis. Obviously, maybe the police department that handled the uh, search of that lake didn't have the expertise. Perhaps the equipment wasn't as good and they didn't have the experience with it. That's probably what happened. But again, you made the point. We don't want to knock them. They did a lot of hard work, obviously. Um, it's unfortunate that it took two weeks to recover this young lady, but this is uh, the facts that, that that just happened to fall into the laps of these uh, these investigators. And, uh, you know, thank God for uh, uh, Adventures with Purpose. Absolutely. Rail, then, if they stop cutting PD budgets, it would be great. Oh, you yeah. know, there's some truth to that, too. You know, defund the police and major investigations. Sometimes you'd be surprised that cops get cut and told to go home. They cut the overtime because the budget. It, 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 it's so uh, relevant that you're not far off from that, you know. Uh, 
Belinda Thrasher, Sammy said, drop your kids off and she will question them. Well, I guess we don't need the police because obviously, but you know, I, I don't want to get into the whole Sammy thing, but you know, guys, with the questioning of juveniles, it's, it's not an easy thing. The police have to get permission of the parents or a legal guardian to question these kids. They can't just hold the kids in if they're below the age and say, oh, you better talk, you know? Uh, so it's like they, they, they still have a ton of investigative work to do on this case. And uh, it's, it just doesn't end because they recovered the car and they recovered the body. It's, uh, it's still happening. Uh, I think uh, once they get courage, to Boston College, or go ahead, Bill, I'm sorry. Have courage and be kind. They stated they would not turn it down, but that's not why they do it. I don't think they will take the, um, the reward money, uh, have courage and be kind. I think they did indicate that they would turn it down. That they are, I saw them on one of the um, commercials they did. They said they wouldn't take the money. They just take the money from their uh, YouTube site because they have millions and millions of subscribers, which is amazing, you know. Um, Lisa Lajano, I watch their channel. And they are heaven sent angels. What they do for families is a blessing. You know, thank I, you know something. We're thank fans. God. We just found out about them about two weeks ago, and Phil and I are both fans. Absolutely. And I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, Midwest EquiSearch. In fact, Phil and I are honorary uh, deputies of Midwest EquiSearch. I don't think I could be a scuba diver, so I don't know if they could make me a honorary member of Adventures with Purpose, but uh, I'm a fan. I'm a big fan, you know? Absolutely, Billy. And I was just going to say earlier, uh, I think once the crime scene investigation is done, whatever facts that they get from inside the vehicle, the autopsy results, the toxicology results, once that's all put together, I think they're going to be able to put this case to rest with a very, very good, solid conclusion on what took place. Uh, it's not going to bring this young lady back, but I think it's going to leave less doubt as to what happened. It's going to answer a lot of the questions and uh, they will... Uh, do that with the family. I'm sure that there'll be a, uh, some type of a meeting with the family where they'll sit down and explain to them, this is what we found. And listen, everything that I said today, I don't want to disparage this young lady when I brought up the fact that it could be a suicide. I'm just giving the point of view from my experience and what I see and what I can uh, deduct from uh, you know, what, what has taken place. It's not going to be a natural, obviously, and I don't think it's going to be a murder. I think it's going to be one of the other two. So that's where I went with that, and that's why I brought that up. Mountain Kayaker, uh, thank you for the 999 Super Chat. Thank I you. heard an interview with the PI that the Rodney family hired. He said there is an eerie quiet in Truckee. No one is talking. You know, I, I could see that. I mean, you know, the worst thing that could have happened just happened. You know, they found, uh, they found her body. She, she was found dead. They found her car. I don't think people really want to talk now. It's the concept of it happening is real now. It's not even a concept. The reality is real. Before that, you have all these kids spreading rumors about all different things. It wasn't re real. And the, they didn't know what the outcome was going to be. They think, oh, we're going to find Kylie. She's going to be recovered. So how can these rumors hurt us by spreading these stupid rumors? You know, there was a lot of stupid rumors out there. And again, look, we are who we are. We're coppers, you know. We'll retire in NYPD. We have this YouTube channel, Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. And that's who we are. We're going to stay with the truth. You know, but I, even, even some of has again, we're not going to ever be 100,000, 200,000, uh, although you never know, but, but uh, subscribers. But we want to tell the truth. 
When we go on the air, we want to have our respect and we want to tell the truth. And, you know, the clicks don't mean that much to me that I'm going to make stuff up. No, it, listen, it, the integrity that I maintained when I was on the police force is the same integrity that I would like to maintain now. But that doesn't mean that every show, which obviously this is a very serious, it's a heart-wrenching topic, but sometimes we do a show that's a little bit lighter and we might even make some jokes and kid around. So again, to the new subscribers that uh, subscribed in the last couple of days, uh, we saw the numbers jump up. Uh, the Duty Ron people, we thank you so much and we really, really appreciate it. And the people that subscribe, that's what keeps us moving forward. That's what keeps us going. And again, what you're going to get is you're going to get professional uh, commentary from a police perspective and probably about close to 50, 50 years of experience. Life is poetic, be stoic. Whomever provided the alcohol and drugs, she had it in her system, should face involuntary manslaughter. Well, you know something... We have to wait. That's really difficult to prove. Uh, you almost have to force someone to drink. Well, I think um, I, I could point out. I could point out a situation uh, where something like that would apply. If I gave a person a pill and told them it was one thing, and it turned out to be fentanyl, and they overdosed and died right there, yes, then you'd have a manslaughter. I don't think that somebody could be given something and then they were able to drive away, and then you'd you'd wind up being in the uh, the trick bag, so to speak, for a, a manslaughter charge. I don't think that's the case. Maribel Roman, newer sunken cars are harder to find according to Adventures with Purpose. Car is still shiny and makes it harder for sonar to detect them. Interesting. Interesting. Plus, it was upside down. I think that that also presented a challenge for finding it because when it's upside down, it's buried in the silt, so to speak. There's all that stuff on the bottom. And again, it's a flat surface now, so it was a little difficult. He did say, though, when, when they thought that they were getting close to the vehicle, they, the, the, the objects that they found, he put the magnet on it, and that told him when he dropped the magnet and he saw it attached, he knew there was something of metal down under the water. So that was, uh, I guess it was a little bit of uh, baby steps to, to find the vehicle. So it, it, listen, it's a challenge getting in the water and there's all that stuff on the bottom and you, you know, you're not really sure what you're going to be touching or encountering, you know, divers have drowned going under the water uh, in the New York city police department. Years back, we had a diver that drowned, got caught on something, weren't able to uh, resurface. So there, there's horrible tragedies that take place. So safety is obviously of the utmost of importance, but they enlisted a little bit. They found an object, they put the, the magnet down and then they went diving down and they, and then they recovered the vehicle. Peggy Wyndham, I've been following and watching Adventures with Purpose now for about two years. And I love what they do, helping bringing loved ones home. Peggy, you know something? We're their biggest fans, too, and we just discovered them. PJK, Jared says they learned much by experience. You know something? That is the best teacher. Experience is the best teacher. And most police departments learn through experience. And unfortunately, we would love to have guys like this teach police departments how to do this. But again, why, PJK, what you just said. You get better at it through experience. Sounding six, every state needs to have their own adventures with purpose team at the state level, ready to go uh, whenever and wherever needed. Maybe even have a uh, DNR park rangers trained to use sonar to find targets for diver investigation. Sounding six sounds great to me. We're with you. Will police that. departments spend the money? Will state governments, will city governments spend the money necessary to do that? I don't know. I don't know in this world of defund the police if they would do that, you know. Uh, so it's, you know, it gets political sometimes. But thank God there are these private organizations. Uh, uh, here we go. Um, a, uh, Karen, Texas, 
AWP has a GoFundMe for a new piece of equipment that costs $38,000. So there you go. Yep. A piece of equipment that costs $38,000. You know who buys stuff like that without, without batting an eye? The FBI. Yep. The FBI has that big, fat federal budget. Local police departments, I remember after 9-11, all local police departments were getting these Donzi uh, speedboats. Like, do they really need a Donzi speedboat in Montana? You know what I mean? It's like you spend it on what you're most likely going to use. And this type of thing of almost every municipality, every town is surrounded by water or has bodies of water. Sure. Yeah, bodies of water. And they could all use this, you know. Uh, Connie uh, Busey, kudos to this law enforcement for asking, receiving help for finding Kylie. Many law enforcement groups do not allow uh, adventures with purpose in due to their egos wanting to find their own victims. This law enforcement group is to have kudos for being humble. Connie Busey, I totally agree with you. You're right. And I said earlier, probably New York City would not welcome them in. I don't see the, the scuba unit there that fancies themselves being probably one of the best scuba units of police department scuba units in the nation. I don't see them uh, welcoming adventures with purpose. And what do you think, Phil? I got to agree with you on that, Billy. Uh, you know, the situation is, is that uh, the New York City Police Department, right now it's about 34,000 members, but there's so many different units within the police department. They get all of the expert training. They have a huge budget, even though it was cut a couple of years back with the defund the police movement. However, I think that the harbor unit that's within the New York City Police Department is probably capable of uh, locating vehicles using the sonar. And again, if it was a situation where they weren't and they showed up and they said, we have the ability, there might be a chance that they would let them use it. But generally, I think they'd say, we got it, you know, and, and we're going to handle it. Karen Jeffries, Chaos Divers, Depths of History, Exploring with Nug and Adam Brown Adventures. All work together with Adventures with Purpose and do the same work. Check them out on YouTube also. Karen Jeffries, thank you, folks. Right there, Chaos Divers, Depths of History, Exploring with Nug and Adam Brown Adventures. You can check them out on YouTube. These are some of the, I'm learning something new too, because I don't know about any of this stuff. Uh, Raven Abbott. Uh, I just want to read this before. I don't know if I want to put that on the, um, I don't want to read that up there. Um, Jeff Lund, when you use sonar on a daily basis, you learn how to read your sonar. You know what to look for. Jeff Lund, I'm sure there's a, a huge skill set in doing this. And again, ad nauseum, the more you do it, the better you get at it. And these guys, they're great at it. They're amazing. They're, you know, they're professionals. And they've recovered now 24 bodies since 2019 in these underwater searches. So can you argue with their results? You know, recently, Billy, I was in Florida and, and last year on vacation, both times we went out on a boat. And uh, the, the last time it was a retired uh, police officer from upstate New York that was managing the boat. Uh, you know, he was the captain of the boat. Anyway, um, he was telling me, we were looking at sonar because I was asking about how deep the water was. And he was telling me, well, right here, it's about 14 feet or 15 feet. So you can tell different things like that. And again, as you use it, you probably become more proficient on uh, the the preciseness of it, and uh, I think that person made made a good point that you'll get used to how to use it as you use it, and as time goes on, and experience is the best teacher, right, Bill? 
That's for sure. Darren, the police told the Ventures with Purpose not to search that area where the car was found. It's quoted in the New York Times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean it's true, but I, I take this thing as true because yeah, that's what they said on the air. They said they were told that the police searched that area. It was cleared. And the Ventures with Purpose, they don't clear an area until they clear it because they've had experience in the past where police departments have told them, we searched that area, don't bother doing that. And they searched it anyway, and lo and behold, they found the decedent and they found the car. So Dude, it's a uh, matter of double. It's like doubling back. You know, a lot of times with investigation, you keep going, you're going, you start to like it gets a little frustrating. So sometimes you do back up and you you recheck things, you double back on something, and that's what happened here. You know, even though they felt the search was good enough, obviously, if they did tell them that. They went back and they decided, no, this is where the last ping was of the cell phone. Obviously, they had that information. They went back in there, and lo and behold, they they recovered the vehicle. Oh my God! Someone quote someone here is quoting Dog. Oh no, it's Doug. I'm sorry, Doug. Doug I no, heard no. Doug say keep him out of this one, please. I, 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 when I see the name Dog in these things, I just my eyes your blood get, starts to go out. I, I, my blood boils. You know, no, no one's quoting Dog. Please don't quote Dog on a professional police site. I heard Doug say this morning that they would take it in order to help a lot of people, but I do not know if Jared agrees with him on that. You're talking about the reward money. We'll find out about the reward money and we'll get back and, and report to you guys whether or not, in fact, they've decided to, to take it. Uh, Mountain Kayaker, uh, you, we already spoke about that in an interview with PI that Rodney Family High said there's an eerie quiet in Truckee. No one is talking. Not uncommon, not uncommon. Uh, police department and fire department do the best they can to find people, 100%. Guys, again, guys, I'm just going to say we're uh, nearing the end of the show here. If you, uh, This is police off the cuff, real crime stories. If you're not subscribed to us, please go on our YouTube, hit that subscribe button. It's free. Give us a thumbs up, ring that bell. And if you want to support us financially, we have a Patreon with three different levels. And we have a YouTube channel membership uh, with five different levels. And you can see the folks in the green font. Uh, they're part of our YouTube family, and we really appreciate them. And, uh, guys, we're going to stay with this case as the investigation develops further. Um, and we'll give you whatever new information we find out. I don't think that, you know, my feelings are this was an accident. And Phil and I said that very early on in the investigation. We felt that it was a car accident. What happened prior to the accident? Was there foul play? You know, there was several reports that she was intoxicated. But I'm sort of feeling it is what it is. It was an accident. Phil, last words? Last words, Billy. I just want to say, uh, when we did homicide investigation, there was a, a little saying, a quote that people say, we do God's work. That's true. We did do God's work, but these guys in adventures with purpose, they do God's work as, as well. Again, a hat tip to them. They were so important in this. It sounds like they're a, uh, a really good organization. If you wanted to donate some money to, I'm definitely going to subscribe. I'm also going to make a donation again. Condolences to the family of Kylie Rodney. I feel terrible that this young lady lost her life. Um, if there's anything else that develops out of this, like Bill said, we're going to be on top of it. 
Welcome to all our new subscribers. If you guys uh, liked what you saw today, uh, there's a lot of other, we've been doing this for well over a year now, about 18 months. The, I, the channel's been in existence for about three years, but check out some of our past shows. We uh, we do some really good uh, uh, shows uh, from a police perspective. And uh, thank you for tuning in, guys, and thank you for subscribing, and thank you to Duty Ron for channeling some of his members our way. Guys, uh, again, thank you so much. Have a great night, and uh, God bless. Stay safe, everyone. One episode, just ain't enough.